From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 448. Today's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN, Pen Chalet, and Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad Dowdy. Hello, Mike Hurley. Nobody cares today? about you, Brad, because Adina's <laughs> here too. Hi, Adina. Hi, hey, Adina. everyone. And hi, Mike and Brad. Everyone's favorite guest has returned. Adina is back on the show. <laughs> you can stop writing the letter campaigns. The petitions can end. <laughs> Adina is back. She. I don't know if she thinks we're joking about that. We are not joking about that. I'm sure you probably tell her and she probably yeah. just blows you off. Right, Adina? Like, you, uh, you really have fans on here. Yep. Oh, I'm pleased to hear that. I do get some people uh, asking me to come on the show, and I always say that, you know what, you should uh, go to Mike and yeah. Brad. It's not my show. Not really your decision. Yeah, it's it? not really my decision. <laughs> well, I'm just like on a Wednesday, I'm recording, she's busting. Yeah. My time! Get out of the way! <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite work like that, but I'm always keen to be on. <laughs> it just, it needs to come from you. Too. Although, to be honest, the visual of you just coming in and pushing my wheel my wheelie wheelchair my chair with wheels on <laughs> away from the desk and just taking over would be kind of kind mm-hmm. of hilarious and yeah, that could like happen Kool-Aid i could do thing. it but conceivably I just, you could do it yeah. yeah we do we are always in the same place together so but no i give you your space and we keep it professional mm-hmm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, that's not a word we use very often around here. <laughs> no. Is is professional, and and we we like it that way. So, um, yeah, it's it's good to have you back. And I, I was looking back at your the last time you were on the show. It was January a year ago, and I can't believe that. It doesn't seem that way. Maybe because we we talk a little bit here and there, you know, just you know on the side or on Instagram or something like that. But it's been over a year, and a lot has happened in the year since we've talked. So I'm interested, and I know the listeners are interested in... How have you have you kept up your fountain pen hobby? Because we've when we first had you on, you were you've gone from like ultra beginner to like yep. dip dipping your toes in and then maybe swimming around the pool a little bit. Have you like really dove into the deep end now? I wouldn't say I'm quite at the deep end, but I'm definitely more advanced there than where I was uh, the first time I came on the podcast. Like I th- <laughs> and Mike is just counting my pens no, right now. I'm just like observing <laughs> what's in this like pen case to to find my uh, examples of D-Pend. Because mm. I, I know that they're here, right? Whether it's the two Pro Gears, the uh, Platinum 3776. The, what is this one called? The Celluloid one? It's like the Cherry Blossom one. Yeah, the Sakura, t- yeah. The, yeah, the Sakura one. Got a Pen Addict Limited Edition Franklin Christoph in here. <laughs> Was a, where's the Canalea gone? There was a Canalea here a minute it's ago. It's in there. It's in there? This, yeah, yeah. W- this is the superior labor case that Nina Ooh. uses, <laughs> right? Which, that, that is like a three-pen case. She has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. She has ten pens in the superior labor pouch, which is nice. honestly a, a, a thing to behold of its own. But yes, <laughs> deep end has been sufficiently dived into it- Yes, sufficiently dived into, uh, dove into. Uh, I think where I started the first time I was on the show or around there, I had four relatively cheap pens. A lot mm-hmm. of them were children's pens as well, which is nothing wrong with that. They're perfect. Nope. They break, you buy another, they're great. And now, yes, I've made it to 10 pens that I use all the time and rotate, keep them inked up all the time. 
and I have ex- accessories, as you can see. So I don't know. You judge that <laughs> where I am. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I th- I think the superior labor pouch uh, has has pushed you over the edge because mm. I think I think Mike knows how I feel about that brand and and um you know how how cool I think it is and it's like a super expensive premium brand thing, but it's just they're just so nice. Like I can't they're help so myself beautiful. but like latch onto those. But yeah, I think we were ten gifted pins is pretty reasonable. Pens. Yes. Yeah, it's just amazing, yeah. amazing stuff. Sometimes I just steal things from Mike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good, like, shopping location, right, is whatever mm-hmm. Mike has. Mm-hmm. Also, a bunch of stuff that just isn't used for all the time. So, yeah, you know, I, I like that Adina comes in, and, and unless it's something that I particularly want for a <laughs> specific reason, which does also happen, but uh, I like that she uses the things that I'm not using. Uh, because yeah. Because then these, these tools are actually getting the use that they deserve you know like an almost mm-hmm. toy story like way mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just sitting yeah there i totally to wish with. like my wife and and kids would use more of my stuff like they'll they'll want something specific every now and then and i'm always glad to oblige like my wife will say <laughs> can i have this color pen with this color ink i'm like sure and we'll we'll do that but i i wish they would do like more right but uh yeah. you know it's it's sometimes slow getting into it and you gotta you gotta got to work your way into it kind of like Adina has now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and finding your own way into it as opposed to being pushed into it by someone else and their preferences. So it's good that you're not pushing it because it might have more chances <laughs> that I they strongly will totally find it themselves. I would say I strongly encouraged uh, and then backed off a bit and then you you honestly did find your own way. Yeah. And, and I think mm-hmm. the big turning point which we spoke about last time you were on was the uh, San Francisco Pen Show. Yeah. That really opened up your um, hobby into new areas, you know, with the more expensive pens and trying to understand what's so good about them and getting to try different ink uh, on a larger scale, which we're going to talk about later on today anyway. But I think that was what really opened you up. And I think that there's many people that have a similar story um, of – you know, the, seeing things online, buying the occasional product here or there is great, but being able to go and and try these things out is uh, is awesome. And not not to not to kill the mood too much, but that's been one of the great tragedies of the last year. Yeah, for our community is that we have not been able to have those experiences, whether they are pen, pen clubs or pen shows, meetups, that kind of stuff. Um, they've all obviously had to go by the wayside for a while and. Honestly, probably will be for the entire 2021 as well. But, um, Brad, do you know what I just realized? Like, the mm. next time we go to a pen show could actually be Tokyo. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not out of the the realm of possibility. <laughs> I was talking, I was talking to someone late last week on the phone or this weekend or something, and we were thinking about pen shows. Just like, what would the calendar look like? And we're just sitting here yeah. going, nope. No, probably not. Like maybe some of the stuff in summer might hit, but would I even really want to travel? I'm not sure. Like that's still, that's reasonably close, like six months away, right? And I'm not sure that's in my mindset of, yeah, let me hit the road and do things. So it really might be next year, which is, um, yeah, that's a weird thought to have. <laughs> but I it's agree. Like to start traveling yeah. again. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, as far as it goes, it's pretty great. I mean, I, my, yeah. I genuinely hope that um, 20, Atlanta 2022 mm-hmm. could happen. And, and I'll be honest, like, feels 
like a possibility to me now, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. especially like you know, I, I'm, I was kind of being a little glib, but the more no. more the point is that like I don't think that we'll be doing this again till 2022. And as long time listeners will know, that is when we plan to go to Tokyo because 2022 is also the 10 year anniversary of the show. So mm-hmm. um, it will be you know that that's what we are aiming for for 2022, and it's something to look forward to. Yeah, exactly right, and. Just to circle back and and put a bow on this whole conversation, I I didn't know where we're going to get off on the pin show track, but they are very important. And seeing Adina experience like the 2019 San Francisco pin show just was exactly the same when I went to my first pin show in Atlanta. It was 2011 (laughs) or 2012. Like everything changed, right? Mm -hmm. Like everything changed about what I thought about the hobby. Um, thought about like my purchasing experience, you know, how, you know, maybe I can wait and test things out. Um, what other things are out there that you don't get to see just on the day to day basis. And uh, I, I hope we get back to, to pin shows again soon. I'm going to, I want to talk about like your specific stuff, like pens and inks and th- like how you're using things. But I wanted mostly to know just in general over since the last time we've talked, really. Like we've been in a quarantine. There's been a global pandemic. You've been on lockdown in certain various <laughs> uh, forms over you know the past year. Did you find yourself writing more during the pandemic? Did you find yourself nothing changed? Did you find yourself writing less? I was just curious how people use like their stationary goods during during this time. Mm. I think that. I've definitely written more because I've done more journaling and I've been doing it more consistently. Um, And uh, that's both for journaling itself and using a tracker. Because what what I discovered about myself is that if I put these things down into a tracker and I make sure to do those every day, I think very similar to how you treat it as well and Mike, um, I feel balanced and I feel okay. Mm. So... Uh, for me actually journaling has gone up not down like it has happened for a lot of other people and that brought in wanting to use more pens wanting to change the inks and keep it fresh so I've actually used all of my pens more and written more that's awesome because (laughs) I could see it going the other way like I get in the these ruts I've definitely been writing more I've especially been writing more probably the last three or four months than like the previous like the middle of last year when like things okay. were super stressful and things like that I wasn't <laughs> necessarily writing as much but I think people I just want to make sure like people understand that it's okay not to write sometimes like when you're super stressed yeah. but in the end if you get into the habit of doing it especially during challenging times you'll start to want to do it then you start missing to do it Mm. Um, and that's where I found myself and I, it sounds like you're kind of, kind of the same way, right? Yeah. I think, um, I think what has, what I've changed in order to be able to keep up with it is that I changed my prompts and what I needed from journaling was very different from the before times. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's what helps to keep with it. Whereas, um, I guess that older productivity prompts or whatever they may be sometimes couldn't be applied in the pandemic times quarantine times and I can see how easy it is to fall off and I've definitely fallen off that horse as well but I I missed it so I just tried to tweak it in a way that works better in the current context 
Yep, Where are you I doing totally this agree. journaling? <laughs> this I, isn't like a branding exercise oh, right. as such, but I'm just intrigued. I actually had a specific question okay. about, about that. So answer, the, let's see. I'm using a theme system. <laughs> That's why I was laughing. How hard is it to get it out there? <laughs> no, but like genuinely, because you were saying like tracking mm. and I wasn't sure, because I obviously know you use the theme system. Yeah. Um, but I was wondering if you also had something else that you were using um, or if you were referring to the the daily questions part, the daily themes part. The the tracking part is uh, part of the theme system and that's what I use. I also use an app on my phone, which is sort of related to journaling. And as I was saying, it's it just uh, I'm just doing it because that's what I needed then. Um and it's mostly as a way to keep up with what I'm doing every day. I, I feel like because of this repetitiveness, I'm sometimes I can't remember what I was doing a few hours ago or this morning and all of that. And I, I honestly have an app where I write as much as I remember what I've done in that day. And that's a different kind of journaling, I guess. Um, but mostly I do it on paper and it's mostly a reflective exercise and a tracking thing to make sure i stay balanced you know yeah what what app is it that you're using i'm using grid grid diary which is one of these um, um journaling or diary apps where you set your own prompts mm-hmm. and that and it's kind of this yeah i i like choosing my own prompts and changing them according to what i need and obviously there was a very 2020 problem <laughs> to have <laughs> <laughs> I like how you put that. <laughs> do you do you, do your prompts overlap? We're gonna go way off tangent a lot this episode <laughs> because I haven't got to talk to Adina, and I'm very curious about how people use things. So I want to know: Do your prompts overlap between your analog and digital tools, or are they separate? No, they're separate. Yep. Um, my my analog one is mostly a tracking. Like I need to do these things in a day, and I'm sure I know that if I do these things, I'm content. Um, and it's also a reflective exercise, like what went well today, I suppose, or more how I feel about it. Whereas on mm-hmm. the phone, I literally ha- pr- uh, just list the activities I did that day. Because sometimes I feel like the feeling I have about a day doesn't match with what I've actually done that day. Feelings are a bit uh, um, misleading. Misleading like that. Um, and the part that you about memory that you don't quite remember as well because of this repetitive what you've done in a day really can put pressure on that feeling whether it's good or bad. Um, but I, I guess uh, the the. Hmm. Maybe the app on my phone, I use it more to set set my agenda for the day and what I want to do. And then at the end, I look back and enumerate what I've done. And it also pushes me to make sure I do what I set out for me, for myself to do in a day. It's like when I start listing, it's like, oh, okay, I've been messaging with friends, but I know that I've set out to do this thing. And I'm. it makes me question why am I wasting time? Why am I not doing the thing I wanted to do? So I guess it's more for productivity purposes, the phone part. So now I have more thoughts. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> because, no, because I'm listening to you say this, and I see a protection system here to where you have two separate systems that work together, right? You mm-hmm. kind of start your day digitally, you end your day in the analog and if someone's let's say someone's bullet journaling just for ease of use 
mm-hmm. and they're doing everything in there, if they like miss a day or they miss part of the time, that like starts to compound in the one thing that you're using where you have like yeah. the safety net of, well, I do this part of the thing in digital and it's mostly in the morning. Then I do this other part of, you know, my life and my exploration and my habit tracking, you know, analog mm-hmm. in the afternoon. Like I, it almost like sets you up for success a little more. I'm way overthinking mm-hmm. this, but that's, that's what I hear when I hear you talking mm-hmm. about this. And now that you're explaining it like that or going over it like that, I do remember that you're a fan of multiple systems that work together mm-hmm. as well, right? Um, right. Yeah, I think I'm. I, I've with all of my systems that have, I've had to tweak them throughout the months and wherever I was in the year and what I needed to do. I still feel like I've had a fairly productive. Uh, last year i guess and uh i feel content about it but there was also a lot of work with all of these systems that i have to make sure i take stock of what's going well not just dwelling on the bad stuff but also to make sure i'm doing things that make me feel good about um, my skills and all you know yep yep that's awesome (laughs) Oh man, I, I yeah. all right. I'm gonna ask one more question about okay. the theme system journal, <laughs> and th- and then we can then we can talk about stuff. And like, I want to know if you feel like you know made any purchases and like what you're getting into these days. So sure. I always have to when I find people that use a theme system journal, I need to know how they do. What are the what are the circles called, Mike? I can never get the right name. The, uh, the well, habit tracker because there's an official it's name. So I call them daily themes. Um, okay, but I also use habit tracking interchangeably mm-hmm. because that's just become a phrase that people understand. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I call them daily themes because it's things you want to focus on every day. But it's just as easy to call them habit trackers. Yeah. So in the habit trackers, Adina, yeah, do you use the same pen that you've written in your daily <laughs> log? Yes, and that like. <laughs> And then does the pen color change? Like, will you use, okay, Tuesday's pen that I wrote in the journal, that's the pen that gets, or pencil, whatever it could be. That's what gets in the, the habit, fills out the habit trackers, and then tomorrow it's different? Or do you have like a singular habit tracking pen or pencil? So every day I choose two pens that work together, and Mm -hmm. I write the prompts, the date, uh, with one and I write the longer text in with the other one so I would use either one of those in the tracking system as well and then the next day I change it I choose other two so that's how I go through my whole collection that's such a great idea <laughs> <laughs> yep. where could you have man that's some visionary yeah. must have come up with that method I'm telling you like that's really that's, that's really great yep I came up with it yeah myself. yeah there you go that's <laughs> how that one worked out yep. so yeah so that's says i see i just gotta know like these are the uh, this is why i i gotta know these things this is why we gotta see each other mm-hmm. and be able to like you know check out these journals in person and i can I ask you all the stupid journal. questions yeah. i ain't letting you anywhere <laughs> near my journal <laughs> uh, you can show me the habit tracker page mm, okay. Mm-hmm. okay like i share my habit tracker page i don't share the contents of the journal pages all right should we take our first break let's do it This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Pen Chalet. They sell authentic, amazing rollerballs and fountain pens, ballpoints and mechanical pencils from all of your favorite brands. They're always adding new products. Every single month, you're going to find new stuff added to Pen Chalet. Whatever you want, 
they have got it and they do great discounts every every month, multiple times a month. They have closeout specials, they have special discounts that they run. And of course, you get your hands on even more special exclusive deals because you listen to this show. As well as pens and pencils, they also carry the accoutrement that you may need for your pen stationary habit. Stuff like refills, paper, uh, fountain pen converters, carrying cases, and so much more. Pen Chalet ship internationally, and they have great shipping rates. And if you're in the U.S. and you spend over $50, shipping is free. They also offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee at Pen Chalet. They want you to be happy with the products that you get from them. So go to penchalet.com. That's P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com. And click the podcast link at the top of the website. Use the password PENADDICT for this week's special offer. And you will be able to see a bunch of wonderful products that Brad's going to talk about. But also, get the code that you need to save 10% on anything at any time over at Pen Chalet. What is grabbing your attention this week, Red Dowdy? Well, I want to talk about the anything at any time okay. uh, option. Because they have the Twisby Eco and Smoke Rose Gold. Um, that one's going to be uh, a hot item um this early 2021 it's 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 pretty pricey in relate relation to the eco right these are all all things you got to relate them to themselves so this is like a 50 dollar eco instead of a 25 or 30 dollar eco but it's like the the rose gold and smoke gray that they do such a good job with i think it's a really really good look um they also have exclusive robert oster inks um to um, I guess you know, match the the area where where Penn Chalet is in in Arizona, Antelope Canyon, Monsoon Sky, Saguaro Green, Sedona Red. So they're nice. very Arizona heavy inks. And Mike, I bought my first Tabaldi from Penn Chalet using the code PenAddict at uh, checkout, and I bought the Perfecta, which is an interest is not the model I went in to buy. But I ended up purchasing it after I looked through um, the different models, and this one stuck out to me. Um, it has a tortoise beige cap on it, so I have been buying some pen chalet goods. This is an interesting now, looking pen. It, that's why. I, that's why I purchased that one as opposed to some of the other Tabaldis. Mm. So, which look great, but you know they're pretty standard. You know, traditional acrylics and you know just classically styled. And this one is too, but it's a different kind of setup, which we'll talk about that later. You know, maybe in a month or so once I get time mm. to play with it. But back over to the listeners page, these Conklin walnut pens. I've been seeing these pop up everywhere. They're a really good price. They're really pretty. It's not what I expected from Conklin, to be perfectly honest. And I kind of like them. And the it's price pen. that, that is a they're gift at, pen right there especially at the price. The mm. price is ridiculous. Like you got to go check that out. And if you scroll uh, a little bit, they have the uh, Montegrappa Fortuna, which is a personal favorite of mine. Really good shaped barrel, really good pen. And then one of these days, Mike, and we'll wrap it up on this. Ron is going to get me with these Pelican roller balls and ball points. Mm. Now I don't like, this is not a product I would spend like full freight on, right? It's just not something I'm going to use. But they have the Suveron R405 Stressman, which is the black, gray stripe, silver trim 
which was a really popular fountain pen model, the rollerball model, at a price that always makes me like think I should, that's the price that I need to test this pen out at. Mm-hmm. And it, it just kind of looks cool. I kind of want to do that and just and feel uh, the difference there on what it's going to be like to, like say, like a, a traditional, another rollerball pen. Because, you know, the the higher end rollerballs is not something that gets a lot of play. But I think these companies must sell a lot of them because they are always coming out with new ones. If you want to go and find these deals for yourself, go to penchalet.com, click the podcast link at the top of the website, use the password penaddict, you'll see the special offers and also get the code that you need to save 10% on anything at any time at Penchalet. Our thanks to Penchalet for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. All right, Adina. What are your latest pickups? during you know maybe the last but god i hate that it's been over years i have to like i have to cover a year worth of of topics since i I haven't talked to you in so long but what what new stuff have you bought uh pens wise you know that you've that you found to be really awesome you know ink wise paper wise what are you really really liking these days um well So recently I've started uh, making comics and a lot of my purchases have come more from uh, that hobby and they're more geared towards that hobby. But in Mm -hmm. fountains, fountain pens as well, I guess that the last pen I bought was the Platinum Curidas, which I can't even remember now whether it was 2020 or 2019. I think it was at the beginning. It would have been the beginning. It would have been February. Right. um, Because that's when y'all went to that event. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But at choosing keeping because y'all got them before we in the U.S. Yeah. got them. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that that was uh, the latest edition, I suppose, a year ago, and I'm still <laughs> using it. I know that some people must have had, have had some problems, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm still using it. I'm just seeing it as a pen in which I can put another ink. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because <laughs> um, I've um, uh, what I've. Um, I quite because I've been using my pens more. I quite like changing my ink lineup with every season or so, and that's mm-hmm. what's pushed me to buy more inks. And recently, I've <laughs> I think we've purchased between the two of us about ten or eleven Sailor Ink Studio. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. Mike men- uh, mentioned it on an episode. Um, and whenever I have more ink, then I need more pens and I go raiding for Mike's drawer. And one that I've added recently and I really liked was the Dowdy special. I have the Frank- <laughs> Franklin Christoph, the Penedict ink uh-huh. with the Penedict ink, the fire on fire. And nice. I really... I. I don't know what nib it has because I stole it. I didn't really... I don't really know. <laughs> but it's... I really like that one. So these would be the... 1.1 stub. Yeah, the stub. I, I really like it. Um, so those would be the two new pens in fountain pens. And in inks, It's yes, it's the Sailor, Sailor Studio range that's finally become available here in the UK as well and in London. Um, and, and they're they're just so special and so beautiful. But I think when uh, the shop ordered the, the range, they kind of... Uh, uh, they probably thought it wasn't going to be that popular and all mm-hmm. of the popular shades were out of stock already by the time <laughs> I got there. Um, so I, I'm definitely going to buy some more from their range. So those are in fountain inks. That, that would be it. Oh, and you asked about paper as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, 
I uh, Mike got me for Christmas a uh, Zoom Keen uh, oh, weekly nice. planner. Gosh, another uh, system to add to my uh, mm-hmm. existing one. But that's mostly just to have tasks and it's the stuff that make sure I do every day. And Zoom Keen planners are just beautiful. It's totally one of my favorites and I, I love the paper in them yeah. too. Not just the the design is awesome and how they build mm-hmm. them is awesome. Like you can tell like they, they do a really, really good job. And then on top of it, the paper is really cool. I love, love those. Those are my favorites. So you have your, your 10 pins jammed into <laughs> to your, your superior labor, which is, you know, I'm, I'm cringing a little bit, not too, too much. It's unbelievably um, stretched. <laughs> It doesn't zip up anymore, but nevertheless, <laughs> this thing, it's almost like a windsock now. It's mm-hmm. like, it's so, nice. <laughs> so are all those pins inked up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's like, yeah. <laughs> so this is, this is another like early school of pen uh, usage yeah. That's, type thing. It's only... It's only 10. You'll get up to like 30. That's a different conversation. Yeah, yeah. 10, I actually get to uh, work my way through them. But, you know, I one of them used to be inked with the neon ink that you mm-hmm. guys were recommending on the show. And Michael, like Kala? Is that it? Kala? Kala. Yeah. Kala. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had the orange one in one of them, which I absolutely loved. But, oh, my God, what a pain it is to manage. I had the... Yeah. I had a reminder every two weeks to clean it, but even in yep. those two weeks, it could dry up. So I've, th- when I got all of these Sailor Ink Studio inks, I just, uh, I abandoned, I gave up on the neon. It's too much work. And whenever yep. I would pick it up to write with it, it was already dried up. So yeah, <laughs> but that, that was a fun experience as well. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was good to learn like, hey, this ink is different and I have to treat it uh, as such, even though like, it can be a, a pain in the butt and then therefore maybe I won't use it as much anymore. So when you're picking out the new colors, are you, will you care mostly about the ink color you're going to use or if it matches the pen? Like, is there, do you have to have that perfect pen and ink combination or you're like, I love this ink. Let's just put it in this pen and let's go. Yeah. I, I like when it matches a bit with the pen barrel and it's within the same range. Cause it's kind of like a good sign with a, for what sort of ink it's inside mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Like not having to remember <laughs> all of that. I put <laughs> yeah. yellow in the, um, I don't know, black pen or whatever. Um, so yeah, I try to match them as much as I can. So what are your favorites out of this new Sailor batch that you bought? So you believe, I think, you what did you say? You bought like 10 inks, 10 Sailor Ink Studio yeah. inks. And they're hard to discuss because they're yeah. numbers, right? So we say, oh, yeah. I love uh, uh, 427. And you're like, cool, what color is that? <laughs> <laughs> so, but what are some of your favorites and like what colors are they and why do you like them? Um, well, I couldn't get some of the popular ones, which I would really love to try one day and Definitely this range would benefit from like a San Francisco pen show testing station and ink mm-hmm. testing station. Um, I did have them. Did, really? Yeah. Uh, it's the only place I've ever seen them. So. Oh, I must I, not have gotten them. No, we to looked at one. them, but I don't think that you got it at that point in that sense. Like we, we I remember going there. There was a stand where they had... Um, there was like a bunch of them. I don't remember yeah. which table it was on. They didn't have all of them, yeah. but they had a lot of them because uh, I had somebody explain to me kind of 
where these inks come from and so mm. they did have them in the yeah they they were at the show but someone was selling them and they had like a swatch book and you could just based on that you could buy the bottle but oh, you, okay. you know how they had the, like the testing, testing stations yeah, okay. oh i absolutely love those mm-hmm. i just spent <laughs> an hour on those uh, because with this one what you see is not what you get sometimes mm. yep. <laughs> or the swatch differs so much from the drawing from the actual writing but uh, my favorite out of the 10 i got was uh, 731 which is um, um, an ink that's very um dynamic i would say in that when you write with it it kind of looks that the pink transitions into red and back into pink like that and it Hmm. has a golden shimmer and it's very punchy in your face i absolutely love that one um and i also i guess another one that i like i'm getting my little swatch book i've uh, (laughs) used anna's coloring to uh, swatch them. It was my first swatching experience. I'm very proud of uh, myself and uh, of nice. it. Nice. That's so uh, perfect. Yeah. Um, another and I, I don't know. There's lots I like. Another one is four three one, which is a very punchy pink. It's very in your face. Um, it's very that, Califolio Andronopol. Uh, it's mm. it's like a different kind of shade to that. It's slightly lighter, but has a lot it's of a the same light. feeling when you use it. Mm. I think. Califolio is that's one that both of us always fight over that mm-hmm. bottle and we need to replace it soon. It cannot <laughs> be replaced. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, maybe 437 as well, which is like a moody purple. Uh, oh no, that's a 452. Uh, I I kind of like it. <laughs> that crack it cracks me up. I worst. just love it. No, it's yeah, the it's best. Yeah, it's very difficult to talk about it. But my my uh, the colors that I got were muted, more neutral, more moody. Mm-hmm. That was one set, and another set was more punchier or interesting. That moved from one color to another in one writing, in one motion, I guess. Uh, whereas Mike got colors that were very summery, pinks and blues and yellows, and that's his style. So we have quite a variety in the ten that we did get. Mm. But but they're all very special, I think. I'm so pleased we were able to get our hands on some. Yeah, and I know you'll be back for like the, <laughs> the one, two, threes of the world yep. because, you know, yeah, that's you, uh, you like look at the chart. Like Mike posted like the chart, we'll link to the sailor chart in Discord, um, just their digital chart. And it, it's not representative. Like, no, it's it's a it's a ballpark area. But like if you look at one, two, three, no one would ever buy that based on like Sailor's digital chart. Then you see it in person. It's like this is the weirdest ink I've ever seen. Mm. Give me it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like similarly, as, as you said, and this is something that we were going through together. Like because I've been here before with swatching too of like taking a cotton bud and dipping it in and then wiping that on the page is is one thing. But mm-hmm. it's good. The colors are going to change depending on the the pen and the nib oh, and the things of the nib, right? And, and you know, it's like some some of them that we were using and was realizing the sheen in, in some of these inks that, that you don't even really see from swatching. It's it's you mm-hmm. see it from the from the nibs. Uh, I just wanted to say my favorites of the ones that we got was seven seventy, which is an incredible yellow. Um four thirty one, which is the really bright, vibrant pink, and one forty one, which is a beautiful sky blue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't uh, I haven't gotten around to putting any of these inks in my pens yet, but it's something I'm going to be doing in the next week or so. Is picking a couple of candidates to swap out the inks from my typical rotation. 
Nice. Yeah, that'll be good. I want to see that that yellow in action, and I, I definitely mm-hmm. want to see four thirty one. That one that you were mentioning, Nadina. That I because I like the pink. I like the pink shade. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll look at these. I need to get some more. I have three or four. Um, but I ended up just there. I ended up just picking like okay colors. Like I got a blue black that I love. I want to say it's nine forty maybe nine forty one. One of those two. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the the other ones that I got were just okay. So I want I need to branch out into the like the more pastelly and interesting. I was going to say and shading the, and sheeting. The you know anything from like zero to two hundred. Uh, yeah. is super pastel and I'm I'm keen to see what some of these colors look like. Um mm-hmm. I don't do we have I mean I know we have 141 but stuff like 130, 173 uh they're really that these beautiful pastel colors and I kind of wonder how well they would show up from the color chart into into right. real life. Mm. Right. Yeah. So, Cuz right. you don't really I don't mm-hmm. feel like feel like I see uh, many inks in pastel. Yeah, that's what Sailor did so well yeah. with the studio lineup is experiment on that end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. and it, I think it's paid off for them. It's aesthetics. That's what the kids say these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we do want to talk to Adina about the, her comic creation. Um, yeah, I got. I have questions, Mike. Good, <laughs> but I wanted to just touch on uh, your triumphant return to pen reviewing, Brad. <laughs> He's back. It feels so, He's back, it feels so lame. It feels so lame. I was like, hey, I'm back. I'm back to reviewing. But it was it was a super frustration point for me, yeah, honestly. Like, I didn't like how my handwriting looked. Therefore, I was not motivated to do pen reviews while my wrist was healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I've, I've started to do more pen reviews. And I finally, like the, the Auto Hut Design 03, I purchased and then broke my wrist like two weeks later it seems like Pens so i was just them. getting the the hang of the pen mm-hmm. but that just caused me to want to use the pen the whole time you know i was in in a cast and in a brace and just i would never shut up about it because i was mad that like i kind of didn't get my review in when i was like had my most most pressing thoughts on this pen mike and it's a cool pen like um i bought it because it the design like i like the shape of this pen and what I had seen from Auto Hut previously was the most traditional German pens you can mm-hmm. imagine, right? Like, like the stock photo image of German pen could be like an Auto Hut, like kind of like Faber Castell, right? Whereas, and I would say that like, there's still some elements of that in this pen, like the grip section into the nib yeah. is very um, standard looking. Yep, yep, but this the design elements of this pen switched over to like the Lamy style. It looks of like German the dialogue, design. Right. Yeah. I think that's what we said when we first saw it is that the, the cap shape looks like the Lamy dialogue. Is that called the dialogue three? It's the dialogue three now. And they're coming out yeah. with that new model, which, which we've talked about in the past where it's, it's very interesting, but it's like a combination between the dialogue and the CP one, which is the ultra thin, um, Lamy, uh, fountain pen. So it's a great pen. It's, I was concerned about it when I got it because it's heavy in the barrel. Mm-hmm. So it's a full metal. I guess it's probably like a brass underlay right over this mm-hmm. black coating. And I was like, I picked it up. I was like, well, the weight's kind of edged towards the back of the pen. So when you hold it, you feel it like up in your hand as opposed to feeling it down in the grip section. 
but as soon as I started writing, that went away. So that's a good uh, that's a good tip for someone you know testing out a pen when you pick it up, and you think, oh, this feels heavy. Well, you need to write with it to figure out where that balance is, and if it's still heavy when you're writing with it, then maybe you know it's a problem. But I found that that weight issue that it does have went away when I was writing and it just hit like all it, all the check marks, you know, it, it checked all the boxes for me. Hmm. Um, just in style performance feel. Um, it's a little expensive. I think it's 180 us dollars. So I think that's kind of like the limit of this pen. Right. Like if this was $225, I don't know that I would like think that was such a great idea for a purchase right you can get so many different things in there and then as i was going through the review and wrapping it up it it finally hit me why i kind of fell for this pen it's almost a spitting image of the y studio brassing fountain pen that i love so much which is it's one of my all-time favorite pens yeah when you took off i took off the the cap and set them down next to each other i was like well now it makes sense like if you just (laughs) rolled the y studio around enough uh, it would lose its faster thing. I have a question yeah. for you. We're gonna we're yeah. getting deep now. Yeah. Is there a possibility that you have placed a lot of emotion into this pen? Um, n- no, no, because I place a lot of emotion in this pen because it's one of those pens that falls into a category, mm. which I'll explain. Not because I got it and then couldn't use it. Right. It falls into the category of pens that stick with me because they changed my mind somewhere along the way. Right. And the weight is maybe the the biggest part. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So this is a pen that I thought I would love and then I got it and I was like, This is a mistake. Like I don't know that I'm gonna like this pen and then it turned out I loved it. And that's what happens. Those are the products that stick with me more because like me and the product came to an agreement at some point that, hey, this really works. And where my initial thoughts were more negative and with usage, they turned into a positive. And that's sometimes hard to get past and when you're doing like a review. And that's why I don't necessarily want to rush into any review. I'm going to give it some time because mm-hmm. things change. It can go from a love to hate or a hate to love you know, in, you know, a couple of weeks or like, you know, a few pages of writing, like whatever that time frame is, like the opinions change of a product. And that's why I latched onto this pen a little bit more, not because I couldn't use it for an extended period of time. Okay. So there's not a lot of products that do that. Usually, you know, a lot of times when you're reviewing a product, it is what you thought it is. Especially somebody with your experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when... When I get products that changed my change my mind, I tend to latch onto them a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I'm pleased that you liked it. Yep, I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. Uh, I'm still Otto using Hutt. it. Like, I want to keep this like in the rotation. Like, yeah. I enjoy it. It's different enough from everything else that I use. Where that Y Studio was kind of filling that slot. Now, yeah. right now, I'm using I'm using this. Yeah, it's intriguing, isn't it? Because I remember when, when we first saw this pen, we were like, oh, we never really talk about Otto Hutt. I remember we had a conversation a long, long time, a long, long time ago where mm-hmm. I bought an Otto Hutt pen and hated it. Mm-hmm. This was years ago, like yeah. when 
It's like before I even met Adina kind of time. Like I remember it was like in where in my in my old family home, I remember having a conversation with you about it. This may have been mm-hmm. like Yeah, I remember that. Seventy decibels days or something. Yeah. It was like an ultra classic German design. Mm-hmm. And now they have I don't know, you know, the story behind the brand. You know, like did they have a change of design philosophy? Did they have a change of ownership that, you know, put this, you know, a different focus and adding, they didn't take away, I don't think, from their traditional, like their ultra-traditional conservative, what you see on a German business person's desk, fountain pen, but now they've expanded a little bit into something interesting like this that makes me want to try it. Yeah. All right, let's take our second break and thank our friends at Harry's for their support of this show. Far too frequently, we have to make the choice between quality and fair prices. We've all been there. You end up trying to save some money, so you buy something that's not that great, but then you end up needing to buy something else because you're unhappy and you've spent more money in the long run. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just get both quality and a fair price? This is what Harry's is all about. You get factory direct prices and award-winning blades. No choice is necessary. For a limited time, Harry's is offering their starter set plus a free body wash for just $3 at harrys.com slash penaddict. Harry's delivers a close, comfortable shave at only $2 per refill. They believe in quality so much that they bought their own factory in Germany so that they could own every single step of the manufacturing process. The Harry's team combined a simple, ergonomic design with five sharp blades. They source their steel from Sweden and manufacture their blades in this world-class factory that they own. This factory, this German factory, is one of the select few manufacturers in the world to have mastered the technology to create what's called a gothic arch. This is the gold standard for razor blade grinding. It sounds fancy. The gothic (laughs) arch. It's like, yeah, I only shape with a gothic arch. Uh, And all of this is why Harry's stands behind the quality of their blades so much that they have a 100% money-back guarantee on harrys.com. Brad, can you tell me how the gothic gothic arch works for you? (laughs) <laughs> it works amazingly well. So I was just pl- placing a Harry's order uh, two days ago, February 8th. I pulled up my order history, and then I got to scrolling. Um, I've placed uh, 16 orders with <laughs> with Harry's <laughs> since uh, uh, December 9th, 2014. <laughs> I have placed, I don't know, is that 16 or 19 orders? I don't know. I, I might have counted wrong. But yeah, it's it's the Gothic Arch is going to get you, Mike. It's It's like the way to go. It's the only blades I shave with have the gothic arch in them in their design apparently this uh, is also known as the cathedral cut mm, and it refers mm. to a blade's profile and denotes a cut pointed arch yeah i mean i i'm I'm clearly in like i i'm Mm -hmm. on team uh gothic arch Arch. uh, for life so yeah there you go but uh i also order other things from harry's like i had to mike uh and this order included uh a two pack of texturizing putty, you know, for for the hair. Um, you know, that's, get that brownie peak. It's, it's my that's your hair. gothic my, arch. Yeah, that's my <laughs> gothic arch. I don't know what they're talking about on the blades, but you know, that is what I do. And then new product I'm testing out, Mike: uh-huh. enhanced odor and sweat control, extra strength antiperspirant. So that was okay. new to me when I was when I was buying the the hair product. Uh, we're gonna test out the uh, antiperspirant as well. So this is this is a lot <laughs> to take in. <laughs> Just had to tell. For Adina. 
have to right start now. calling you Harry at some point. Yeah, no, I, I love hearing you talking about Harrys in every episode. <laughs> I feel your love just grows more bigger and bigger. We have great sponsors here. All right, for a limited yeah, time, yeah. Harry, that is an exclusive offer for listeners of this show. New customers can get a Harry starter set and a free body wash for just $3 at harrys.com slash penaddict. That's over a $16 value for just $3. You'll get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, travel cover, and travel size body wash. Incredibly great deal. So act fast while supplies last. Go to harrys.com slash penaddict to redeem your offer. Our thanks to Harry's for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. So I feel like Adina has a Gothic Arch comic uh, coming soon. So we need to talk. (laughs) That's true. We need to we need to talk about something that's really cool that you're doing, Adina. And I have a lot of questions. Okay. Um, Why don't you tell the listeners about Sticking Out Comics and what you're doing there? Cool. Um, it's elevator pitch time. Okay. We haven't okay. practiced this. Oh, no, I should have practiced. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a comic that I more seriously started doing, um, I think, during the first lockdown. I just needed an activity that I enjoyed and focused my mind when all of us had so much time on our hands. Um, and uh, it's... what. Well, it's it's kind of like a diary comic, but I try to. It's not just flow of thoughts. I always try to have a punchline or tell a story, and um, I've been doing it for at least publicly. I've been doing it for over half a year now, and I'm just I'm so surprised how much I'm enjoying it and how much other people are enjoying it, and um, I it, it's. So, so it seems to fit very well as well with my skill set that I acquired in, from working in advertising, which is about observations about people or life or communicating with both uh, images and words. So it just brings it all together into this one little hobby that I'm not yet great at, but I'm learning how to do it and I'm getting better every time um i don't think it's fair to say you're not great at it i i I always i I think that's a sign of growing and getting better at things when you look back Mm -hmm. and you can see what you could do better everyone can be better yeah yeah yeah. Um, i think you are great at it and i'm not just saying that because i'm in love with you (laughs) (laughs) i i do think you're very good at it uh but you i mean i get to see the 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 behind the scenes of these comics being created Mm -hmm. But your skills continue to improve, even though you are great at it already. And but that's oh, just that's just normal. You know, this is just the way that people grow in in their creative field. Mm. And also, I, I will say on that you mentioned it being about uh, like that it's a diary comic. I think that was the initial intention um, mm. is that it would be a diary comic. But I think you quickly moved to something else which you're better at, which is observation it's like observational comedy mm. in a way yeah. is is effectively what what you're doing because these things uh they come from your life yes like a diary comic would but observational comedy comes from an observation and, yeah. and that typically tends to be now what you're doing it's what yeah. you're good at and it seems to be what your audience enjoys yeah, I that's a very good way to describe it, observational comedy. I should use that in my elevator pitch next time. Mm, there you go. We're, we're workshopping um, it. Here. Write that but down, yeah. 
it, it's just it's just a direct evolution of what I used to do and I in, used to enjoy doing in advertising. As a, I started out as a creative where I was more communicating with um, images and words together, like when you put together an advertising poster. Um, and then I moved into strategy, which is a lot more about research and observing human behavior and what people do and say, but uh, have a point of view on things. And uh, the, from that, the comic is sort of like just picking the things that might be relevant now to other people and trying to communicate my point of view on that in a funny way. Um, and some... Uh, a lot of them resonate really well with people. Some might be funnier for me than for other people, but I'm always just so happy to get it out there. And I'm just so proud of myself that it's something that I've managed to do every week for, I think now, 28 weeks in a row. That's wow. impressive. <laughs> That's amazing for me. I'm someone who, if I lose interest, I would give up on something or if I don't find any value in it. Um, so I'm super proud about that. Yeah, and they're multi-panel comics, right? If you yes. go to, you know, sticking out comics on Instagram, we'll have the link in the show notes. Yeah. They're all you you need to click through them. I mean, there might be you might have like a like a header image sometimes or, you know, just a single panel yeah. comic, but they're they're made to be like multi multi-panel work. Yeah. So how do they start? So this is a digital comic. Yes. Essentially, right? So how do do they start um in an analog fashion? Yeah, yeah. Um, originally, I uh, used to draw them um, and finalize them on paper, but I noticed pretty quickly that uh, it didn't translate very well into through scanning and putting it up. Um, it didn't look that good or the way I wanted it to look. So I made myself learn Procreate to for the finalized comic. Uh, but mm -hmm. it always start. It still starts with a sketch, and I kind of have a sketchbook of ideas and just random drawings that I always go back to. But yeah, it still starts analog. Because your original plan was to draw them, yeah. scan them, post them, but mm -hmm. we learned quite quickly that the quality of the scans wasn't good enough. Right? Yeah, and it might have been the pen I was using on what paper that was getting into spidering. That yeah, the, I mean, I think mm -hmm. scanning but, has a particular look to it, though, yeah. right? And uh, unless you have something very high quality, like very high quality, it, mm. it always has that kind of brighter than bright kind of look. Yeah. That mm -hmm. I, I don't think you you were really trying to get across. No, and I'm not the best of drawers anyway anyway so uh procreate just allows me a bit more room for editing and correcting without having to draw it all over um so that's an, a nice part of that plus it, it allows for consistency right there's consistency in design yeah. through the panels like you can yeah. say hey all of this kind of goes together even though i'm telling individual stories you know every week i do this they you can say hey this is all like this is what sticking out looks like and mm. things like that yeah so the the weird brad question that i have <laughs> that i think that i overthink is like you know if you're starting this in an analog fashion yeah and just like any of us who have a sketchbook where it just looks like, you know, we just throw everything at it, see what sticks and might actually, you know, pick out something. 
does that same thing happen in an app like Procreate? Like, are there pages and pages of just like random sketches where you're just sitting there doodling? And like, I, I guess that's my my question mm-hmm. for someone who doesn't use a digital app for drawing or sketching yet. Like, I keep mm-hmm. threatening to. Do you basically have like an endless notebook of just hundreds of pages of random sketches in a like an app called app app like Procreate? Yeah. So no, I don't um mm-hmm. i see pro uh, maybe i i have a few sketches left over from when i was learning procreate mm-hmm. and i was um i'm not a good drawer i'm not the i that this isn't my career and i don't have mm-hmm. much experience so even in that i had to sketch and try a few things to work out how to draw my character um mm-hmm. which is just a stick figure but i even to in getting to that, there are so many decisions to make uh, to see what I was comfortable with to see or to draw, uh, whether to put eyes on it. So I have def- definitely some exploration of my character and how the comic should look like. But uh, now that I'm actually in it and doing it every week, uh, where I tend to sketch more is my notebook. And mm-hmm. um, I have like weekly offloading sessions of whatever is in my mind, whatever I've observed, and um, try to draw some sketches of how I see them. And they're very random, but then on Thursdays, let's say, I, I usually post on Friday. So on Thursdays, let's say, I go through the sketchbook and see reread those and try to see if I can imagine a comic out of that, if it would work. Mm. So I constantly go back to that sketchbook. It's been so valuable. But I, I do prefer the... Um, analog part of it, pen and paper, and just how fast it is, uh, or I find it fast to, to just write down a thought or to sketch a little thing. Just and the sketches don't look great at all; they're very simplistic. But I see them as more complex in my mind, and it's yeah. with that image that I go into Procreate and I start making it and putting more time into it when it's been approved my by me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, mm. like analog is valuable in a digital creation process. Like mm. it, it just is. It's faster. It's less fidgety. Um, yeah. Like you get into an app like Procreate, and you could be overwhelmed. But like once you get into it, you like you know you've you've obviously figured out how to how to use it very well. But what is so is Procreate like kind of everything for the final version of sticking out right does that where is that what do you have like particular brushes or do you have particular yeah. like kind of everything set up there tell me about your procreate setup i guess is the question well procreate is a very intuitive app and easy to get into um i have found it a bit frustrating in um trying to get the result I wanted to in my mind or you know when you pick up a pen and you put it on paper you know what to expect and sometimes you want a brush that kind of behaves like that one pen or that one black liner and the Procreate has become a lot more rewarding for me when I started looking at other comic artists or just illustrators who were selling brushes and buying their own textured brushes. And uh, it's just, it it feels it's a bit more of my own. Um, Mm. And it's... um, uh, Do you know the brush makers that you use? Uh, 
brushes. If not, we can find them and add I'll, them to the I'll, notes afterwards. Because people will want, will want to know which uh, brushes yeah. you're using, I'll, right? I'll have to find them afterwards. A lot of the times they just get um, advertised to me on Instagram. Because um, <laughs> uh, that, that is something I have my comics account and I only follow comic artists. And that's mm-hmm. such a wonderful experience going through the feed of that uh, account. It's just comics all the time. I get advertised the in relevant things it's none of the other stuff so but it's all it also provides provides very specialized advertising which is useful but sometimes i would just go on to google and and write free comic book brushes you know it doesn't mm-hmm. have and even with that like with um uh, pens you can hold in your hand and use on paper mm-hmm. you just have to try lo- try out loads until you find the one that behaves exactly like what you have in your mind um, so yeah, that's my recommendation for anyone. I don't think my brushes are perfect. It depends on what you expect from it, just like you would with a pen, a regular mm-hmm. pen. Exactly. So last thing maybe mm-hmm. on this until I come up with more questions. You mentioned <laughs> like way back in the beginning when we we're talking about fountain pens that you're actually probably using more other types of pens. And I'm guessing it's you know, related to just, you know, maybe your your doodles and sketching. Yeah. So like are you using like different types of markers? I know in the past we've yeah. talked about right when the the uni I think it was the Umot came out. I don't know if that's the right how to pronounce that name. Like oh, that was a good Emot, cool marker or... set. Yes. Yeah, the yeah. Emot, Emot, yes. <laughs> um like are you using other markers or pencils or or what are your what are your non fountain pen tools of choice these days? Right, so I've actually looked through my arsenal uh, last <laughs> night to, because with some of them, they're like Japanese brushes, and it took me a while mm-hmm. to track them down. Uh, but for comics, my tools of choice uh, are in paper, uh, Moleskine Volant, Volant, mm-hmm. something like that, which is so random. I'm, I'm. This is a. Don't worry. I'm. I'm. We're, we're doing our best here to to try and move a dinner away from this uh just fyi <laughs> for some I reason i zero, love it yeah i have zero issue with moleskine except for like fountain pens it's just mm. a, not a great experience mm. moleskine I, for I art is great like we haven't experienced other products <laughs> um, no seriously though like you know th- there are this this type of thin sketchbook is a mm-hmm. is a product that exists um from other people yeah, yeah. too so we're trying Moleskine's... this is something that we kind of just hadn't looked at in a while i think i gave you you gave me a, the tote book, studio yes, needs tote studio book needs. to try out as well because it's actually is a very similar product mm. and in in its intention. So we're trying out some of those too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I hey, just, I w- yeah. I'm gonna give a shout out to the Moleskine sketchbook, like the sketch paper, the thick mm. paper sketchbook. It's really good. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. their sketchbooks are really cool because that's yeah. I think that's the bread and butter of the company. I think that's where it came from. It's that type of stuff. Yeah. With uh, this one, I think it was when I quit my. Um, job i think it was 2019 two years ago time is funny um i was just in one of these uh, stationery shops and i picked it up i think i started doodling i did a few sort of comics even before last year but they're very random and i don't know why it just stuck with me the format is really good you can just uh, rip up every page if you're not happy with it it has a perforation throughout it's very flexible the cover it's thin and i don't know what it is about it but i i keep going back to it and i've just ordered six more now um so that's paper 
um, in I, I also sketch a lot with pencils and we have a lot of pencils around the house. I always grab just what's available. But in doing that randomly like that, I have discovered my love for Blackwing as well. And I can totally understand they're so different from any other pencil. Um, yeah. I know you're a fan as well. <laughs> I am totally, totally. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So, oh. Uh, see, I, I keep thinking of more questions. Oh, um, I, I wanted to say that the one that I absolutely love for inking in a way more recently is the Kuretake number seven. I absolutely mm -hmm. love that one. I've been yes. in the past few weeks and it, it is, I'm not going to go over my whole list of stuff, but it is opening me up towards more types of pens and brush pens and refillable pens that I wouldn't have used otherwise just by journaling. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah. So now the the question is, <laughs> do you keep all of these journals? Like, do you fill them up and have a stack? Do you, you know, kind of toss them, you know, in the closet and forget about them? Um, is there some kind of rest for, uh, reference to them later? Or do you light them on fire and, and mm -hmm. they vanish um, and you pick up a new notebook and go again? Well, the sketchbooks, I do keep them because they're rich material and I keep going back through them. But the theme system, I currently keep them, but I realize as I collect a lot more of them that I never go back to them. And it's kind of mm -hmm. like the past is in the past. I don't think I would want to revisit it. So I am wondering whether at some point I'll just get rid of them. I feel like your comic sketchbooks have more of a use though because yeah. there are stuff you yeah. don't use yeah and you may go back to it later on and be like oh now i have these other skills i could actually see how i could take this little doodle yeah. idea and make it into a comic so like that's uh, you know I, I actually think that your sketchbooks are probably more worthy of keeping than your exactly. journals exactly sometimes i just go through random ideas and they spark a comic on the spot yeah those i'm definitely holding on to them and they're good uh, they're valuable <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i went through a bunch of old notebooks last weekend and just trying to clean up some and i just ripped out the pages that i wanted to keep and like just gonna chuck the rest i guess <laughs> mm, yeah may maybe when i have enough of them and i just don't have the time to go through 10 at once anymore maybe i will just rip whatever seems more um, that i could reuse in the future yep that's yep. a good idea <laughs> well that's awesome i'm excited to see how this continues to play out um i you've you've passed like whatever you know frustration hump in the beginning of like can i do this will yeah. i do this will i stick to it and now it's yes. it's just rolling so i love to see it and and you're you're awesome at it and congratulations uh, on it. <laughs> thank you so people should go to instagram follow out sticking stick follow sticking out comics um i've put it in the in the show notes as well it's a weekly comic published pretty much every friday <laughs> pretty much that includes the stick figure idina getting ourselves into also scrapes and hijinks, I think is <laughs> and probably some, the best way. And sometimes featuring Mike. <laughs> sometimes featuring me, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I love how curious you've been about my journaling and my comics, Brad. I love that. Oh, uh, I'm holding way back. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time. We, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we should 
do an Adina version of STPA, Mike, don't you think? All right, yeah, we've got a bunch of questions that I think we can all get involved in. Uh, mm-hmm. But before we do that, let me thank our final sponsor of this week's episode, and that's ExpressVPN. Hey, how did you choose your internet service provider? The thing is, unfortunately, some people don't have that much choice because ISPs have a bunch of control in regions uh, that they're in, and you don't really get a choice. It's like, this is the company that you use. And when you don't have that choice, you can find yourself in situations you don't like because they can use this control to take advantage of customers. They could put data caps in, prices stuff, streaming throttles, the list goes on. But ISPs can also log your activity and sell that data to other companies or advertisers. I protect my devices at ExpressVPN. I think you should too. It means that your pri- your data becomes your data. It's yours. ExpressVPN is a simple app for your computer or smartphone that encrypts your network data and tunnels it through a secure server so that your data becomes and stays your data. Just think of how much of your life is on the internet. Every site you visit, video you watch, or message that you send could be tracked. You don't want that. You don't want people to try and take advantage of you and use your information for their own purposes. You should only have that information for yourself. That's why I recommend ExpressVPN as the best way to hide your activity from your ISP or from anyone. You download the app, tap one button on your device, and you're protected. And ExpressVPN does all of this without slowing your connection down. It's why it's rated number one by CNET and Wired and many more. I've been using ExpressVPN for years. I just had my plan renew just a couple of days ago. Um, Big fan. I I love how easy it is to connect. Whenever I need to use it, I can. I can say I'm from a different location than the one that I'm in, which can be really useful for getting around some geo-restriction stuff. Everything stays fast. You'd never know. Like You you could turn it on and just stay connected, and you wouldn't know the difference. It's super great. So stop handing over your data to companies that want to sell it off and make it for their own purposes. Protect yourself with the VPN that I trust to keep my information private. Go to expressvpn.com slash penaddict. That's expressvpn.com slash penaddict. And you'll get three extra months free. One last time, expressvpn.com slash penaddict right now to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, so we will finish off today's episode with some hashtag AskTPA questions. The first one comes from J.W. Spangler, and they ask, from a performance standpoint, what is better in a fountain pen, an ebonite feed or a plastic feed, and why? This one's purely for you, Brad, I think. (laughs) But I did want to know. Um, I think the answer everyone will give is ebonite. It has it allows for different flow characteristics, a wetter flow through the the writing system of the pen. And I I don't know the science behind that. Um it's out there on the internet, but it the the word is that ebonite manages the ink flow better. And maybe it doesn't dry out as much as plastic feeds could. So if by performance standpoint, do you mean, you know, wetness and flow, you're going to get better performance from an ebonite feed. But if from a performance standpoint, you mean, you know, drier and moderated, (laughs) well, then it's going to be a plastic feed. It depends on what you want. But if you want a wetter, consistent flow, you'll see a lot of... Um, flex nibs have an, an ebonite feed because they can handle the the ink flow better. Um, but I, I think it's just because it it holds the ink in place uh, more consistently than a plastic feed does. 
Fair enough. So it's definitely, if you have the choice, it's definitely worth thinking about. Yeah, so there'll be pens that will offer an upgrade to an Ebonite feed. And it's generally pretty reasonable. Like if you're already spending enough for a pen that offers that as an option, you know, the extra 20 or 30 bucks um, that it will cost, I think that I, I could be wrong on that price. Are there durability differences, Brad, between Ebonite and plastic? I doubt it. I would I would trust the Ebonite feed more, to be honest. That's that, kind of that what I was vulcanized asking. rubber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plastic feeds, like I've snapped, plastic feeds you know swapping out nibs so yeah yeah, like the ebonite should be more durable um they they're definitely have a a density to them you can you can tell a a visual and a feel difference uh with an ebonite feed and you know apparently a flow ink flow difference as well so there a lot of times they're worth the upgrade for people who are going to be like a heavy user of a particular pen you probably want to upgrade if that's an option all right, Jessica Blue asks, and Adina, you can answer this first. Do you all rotate between the pens in your collection, or do you have a few that you're currently using and the rest are in storage? I feel guilty about the ones that aren't being used. Well, I only have 10, so I find it quite manageable to rotate through them and push myself to use them all. Uh, I don't know how many you have, uh, I would totally feel guilty as well if I have if I had too many to realistically rotate through. Um, but then, Brad, you have a good system, I mm. think, right? Well, I don't know. I met the feeling guilty for not being able to to use all the the pens <laughs> I have standpoint. So it's time to sell some. Mm. So I just try not to over ink my fountain pens. Once I start to get up close to like 10 fountain pens inked like that's the maximum and i i start to like have a little panic attack i was like <laughs> i can't i can't use all these how they should be used so i'll start to clean them and then but then i'll rotate out into you know like a new set of fountain pens right so like yeah. i have enough where i can have this full rotation but i don't necessarily track it per se right i don't say okay it's been x amount of months since i've used this pen it's time for this i I just do it more on hey i've missed using this pen (laughs) and then uh, that eventually gets me narrowed down into like a grouping of pens that i just don't use anymore so that's when i know it's time to sell them so i totally feel guilty about the ones not being used but i also do have a rotation (laughs) for (laughs) for the pens that i do use Mike is counting his pens. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, I I have about thirty pens in rotation uh, that are inked. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just all the ones that sit on my desk. And over mm-hmm. the space of like I don't know two weeks or whatever, they'll all get used, right? So like they're right. they're all being used because I'm purposefully picking up and using multiple pens a day for different purposes. Whether it's taking my show notes, I'll use two different pens for that. Uh, maybe to write headers and stuff and then the other will make the notes and then the same for my journal so i'll pick up one pen write all my kind of prompts in with one pen and switch over and use the other Uh, and this comes from that idea of like i have a lot of pens that i really love i want them around me i don't want them in a drawer the stuff that i have in drawers and i have lots of pens in drawers is mostly stuff that i have moved on from you know, like things that were earlier in the hobby, uh, types of pens that I'm not really that interested. You know, I have a ton of machined metal pens, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't use pens like that anymore. Um, but I hold on to them. Someday I'll clean some of them out, like as in sell some of them off or give some of them away. Um, 
but the value the pens that I think that actually hold value that are worth selling are the pens that I'm using. Right. Right. I mean that's a that's a pretty good place to be. You know, I would think I think I have some that I that really need to be like rehomed and sold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you your your situation is like is mine but turned up to eleven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that my issue is that I use like fountain pens play like a small to no more than half of my writing instruments, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I use so many other products like standard pens and pencils um, that, you know, like that's why I can't have 30 fountain pens ink because I'm using, you know, gel pens and pencils and all these other weird stuff that I use on the daily. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, it's definitely a guilt fest over here sometimes. Avivbi asks, I have a Sailor Pro gear that has taken one too many falls. There's cracked in a couple of places, but it still writes beautifully. Can I move the nib to some other pen, and should I? So the answer is yes, but it's complicated, right? Mm-hmm. So you can absolutely you can move it to another Sailor Pro gear tomorrow. Yeah, right? but that's and probably pull, not. Pull that nib. Like, and- it's like, that's the easiest way to do it. But it's probably not what you want, right? Because yeah, you just, get, right, you then but just have another great nib that, from another Sailor. Right, right, but that's not that doesn't help anything, right? So can I move the nib to some other pen? Off the shelf, no. But you can get a pen made to fit a sailor nib, and that might not be the answer you're looking for here. Yeah. But off the shelf, like you're gonna have to have some form like people will use Twisbees to manipulate feeds and reshape things to get them to fit, right? You could take that nib and somehow fit it into like a Twisby or a Conid or whatever that people will use. And you can find ways to get that manipulation done. I don't think that's the question you're asking. Like, I don't think you want to get out like, you know, the, the, all the different tools that it would need to get one into a Twisby. Yeah. And if you can't do it, it's expensive to have it done. Yeah. But then I've had, then I've bought pens from other companies that, you know, like Brooks, Jonathan Brooks, Carolina Pen Company has made a barrel for my Pilot Falcon, right? Like you can get these different types of things to to fit in. Uh, Tony in chat is actually saying Flexible Nib Factory, which we've talked about before. They sell sailor housings where you could, it's basically the pre-made into a Yovo or Bach fitting. So you could use that nib okay, into cool one. one of those pins. So that's probably, that's your best option because really the only other option is like really, really hacking other pins or having someone make you a barrel that will fit that nib and feed, which is possible, but that's, you know, several hundred dollars at a minimum. Um, yeah. Check out the fe- flexible nib factory. Actually, I probably need to do that so I could talk about them more. Um, it's just one of on those on that list that I never get to sometimes. I feel this was a cautionary tale for me in case from Mike in case I drop any more pens. And we've all so, done it. Yeah, stop doing it. You can't it's difficult to get it into another pen, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is the this is the problem that if you have a specific pen that you really do love, you know, there can come a certain point where it's, it's beyond saving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I will add to Jessica's question, you know, if you're hearing this and you're like, oh that's a bummer. I'm just assuming you have a standard nib on your pro gear. You did not have any work done to it. That is just an assumption that I'm making. 
the the nib experience one of the things that makes me love sailor as a brand so much the nib experience from pen to pen very similar like their nibs are very very good so if you do get to the point where this beloved pro gear needs to be put out to pasture if you have the ability to replace it with another pro gear you will probably have a very similar experience mm-hmm. so you, you it's unlikely that you have a one-off you know you know i think it was a month or two ago that i came to mike and told him that you know what I, I think i get why you both loved sailors so much um because i i liked platinum when i tried it in person a bit more than sailor but um s- platinum is not as exciting as sailor is and it doesn't have as many color combinations and uh, just so it's so beautiful and everything they put out there and the nib it's just it works every time if on every pen it just mm-hmm. works um mm-hmm. So uh, I'm 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 starting to be in club sailor as well. Yeah, I I continue to consider it a great shame that platinum are not more daring. Yeah. Because you know I think pound for pound platinum nibs are better. Mm. But I would agree. They just they don't produce enough excitement in their models. You know, they'll have a couple of year we were just talking about the uh their their next release. But I think at a certain point, they're even starting to play that safe. Like, I remember the first time Platinum did this years ago. I don't remember which one it was, Brad. But, like, when they started doing these these wild 3776s, it was like, oh, yeah, here we go. But then over time, it's kind of been, it's getting a bit iterative, what they're doing in, mm-hmm. that, in that line. And I, I would really love to see them be more daring with their middle to high-end... Uh, mm-hmm. like consumer pens and they're just not the 3776 yep. is a great platform yeah. like look at the 1911 right they're basically the same pen and there are so many exciting colors in a 1911 that we just don't get in the 3776 I yeah i'd like to shame. see it in the i think they're they're missing out in the procyon range that's like a 60 dollar twisby yep level pen that's awesome and it's like you know they'll do the five colors and just leave it be and it'll be great and it's like you know lean into that a little bit more like what can we do in like that fifty dollar to two hundred dollar range like platinum would crush that range if they mm-hmm. if they you know decided to but that doesn't seem to be their move sarah beth hunt asks do you think the scramble for retro 51s will slow down now that we know they're not closing or do you think it will continue i think it'll continue it depends it it does the, it depends the next year is going to matter yeah how we answer this question um because it's the thing the scramble I, has been, was there long before we knew right. that their future was uncertain yeah you know like yeah. every single retro 51 sells out they always sell out if they're limited and it's been that way for the best part of 5 years right like absolutely no problem they sell out all the time but they are under new management. They're under a new direction. It, I think it would. I think it always has depended on the designs. The designs had to be good, and they had a very, very good record. I don't think that they sold out just because. They sold out because they were good, and right. they have to continue that. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. My gut tells me that we're going to see. We're not going to. Uh, 
realize it's an under new ownership. My gut says like it's going to continue with the with the traditional pre dump everything on the market retro fifty one that we saw in twenty twenty. That's what my gut says, but we'll see. We, All right, we'll know in about a year, and yeah. we might have a different answer. Uh, and I'll what, at the end. What do you think, actually? Do you use any retro fifty ones, Adina? Like for sketching, drawing, writing? Mm, no, I think it's good for note taking, better than mm-hmm. drawing. Um, I've only ever had one that I stole from Mike, the Twister one, I think. It's the red and white stripe one. And years later, oh, yeah. I still haven't changed its refill. Um, mm-hmm. I you use the Mark One more, don't you? Oh, would you consider that a retro? Well, no, it's the same refill. <laughs> no, 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 it's the same yeah, refill. So I, I, yeah. And that's another one. I'm pretty too lazy with these things. I don't use them as much. But I think Retro 51 has the same sailor vibe that different pens will get different people. Though what might change now, unless they prove otherwise, is that fact that it doesn't have the founder stamp of approval anymore. And might be people have connection with that and the heritage and the history. So they'll need to show somehow how they'll carry that through and make nods it it depends how they'll go in the next year as you're saying too yeah i think it's one of those things where you you can have that founder dilemma um that that maybe you know like george's role in the company was more than we thought mm-hmm. or or as much as we thought right and that he maybe has a good sense of taste um and or maybe the the three head three heads might be better than one, right? With, with the what are the guys' names again? <laughs> I don't know. I forgot the three names. So it's Andy, name. Joe, and one other one. And so, like, maybe it will be that 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 creativity will flow out, right? But it, right. I, I completely agree. It is definitely a we're gonna have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, because yep. it, it's so easy with companies that change management like that in the space where people love their products in that whether they think that the decisions and the new designs feel like the new owners get what the original founders were doing and that thing uh, that so can be quantified or explained really well that made people fall in love with it in the first place. Yeah, so. or, on that, mm-hmm. or do they think they need to make their mark? Yeah, yeah, so that's another right. one. It's it, Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah. And I and I still look at it from a broader market perspective, right? Retro fifty one's pretty ingrained in yeah. in places that we're we're not really involved in. Um hmm. so yeah, we'll see. It'd be interesting to see if they do branded stuff. Because they always did some Disney and Harley, right? They were the right. they did the bands one. Do you remember the KISS ones? Yeah. <laughs> those were awesome. <laughs> but like, like I'm I just think, not a KISS like, fan, but they they crushed those pens. It seems like there is a, there is a line between like the Kiss pens and the Harley Davidson pens, right? Yeah, and but, that's what I'm talking about, right? Like, what are the what areas will they attack? Like, are they going to go? I would like to see them do more branded stuff, but which mm-hmm. which brands would they would they work with? I don't know. Yep. All right. Final question today comes from Fractaloon. I heard that you say that sometimes you have a problem uh, with small nibs. What difference does a nib? physical size make is it just an aesthetic thing or or is there some other issue and i think we were talking about this in regards to the wancha japan steel sailor right where we both agreed that the nib was too small on that pen Um, okay for me it is purely an aesthetic thing yeah i was trying to even remember where we would have said that because i don't really think that's a thing 
unless the barrel is large enough to outweigh the -hmm. size of the nib visually. Like Mm -hmm. I said, I have a Sailor Ebonite pen where it's not the bigger, the larger 21K size, it's the smaller 14K. Yeah, totally an aesthetic thing, right? The size didn't necessarily match the build and the shape of the pen. So yeah, that's just like a personal preference looks type of thing. I I personally, there's not that much difference. The only thing you'll see with a nib size is the larger the nib, the more bounce it will have in it, right? Just yep. because it's just the the tines when that tine slit gets longer and metable, metal, <laughs> metable, metal is flexible. Was is what metable means, Mike. Mike, um, metal. It's very nice. <laughs> you keep trying. Again. You just keep trying. You'll get that. We all believe in you. Metable. <laughs> the nibs are metable. Um, it, it becomes more flexible, right? It's just like how it's going to be with a, a larger size nib. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of the only thing you'll see. You'll see a little bit more softness in the nib, and then when it's gold and large it really gets soft so um you know that's kind of the only difference but yeah we were speaking of it from an aesthetic standpoint did the complete design um change in in like our eyes and just how the pen mm-hmm. the pen looks with a small nib on a large barrel kind of thing mm-hmm. all right i think that's it yeah, I'm out of words. So. Yeah, we've, we've run the end of anymore. Brad for the day, so someone's going to go put a coin in Brad and we can get him back up and run it again. If you want to find links to today's episode, you can go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 448. We have lots of links there. That is where you will also find links on where to follow Adina online. Uh, you should primarily, I believe, follow at Sticking Out Comics on Instagram, but Adina is also at Adina Hurley on Instagram as well if you want to follow her personal account. But well, I'm sure that she would want everybody to follow the comics account <laughs> primarily now. I don't mind it. But yeah, primarily that one. Yeah. That one. That's where I spend but a lot of time. But if you want to follow both, go right ahead. <laughs> uh, if you want to find Brad online, go to penaddict.com, knock.co. Uh, Brad is penaddict on Instagram and dowdyism on Twitter. You go to twitch.tv slash penaddict on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern. You will find Brad streaming, uh, unboxings, and showing off new products and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, and I stream pretty much every Friday, kind of around the same time at 10 a.m. Eastern at Mike.live, and that is primarily keyboard-related stuff. Uh, if you uh, want to support our sponsors, it helps support the show, and we thank them for their support of this week's episode. That is Pen Chalet, Harry's, and ExpressVPN. But of course, thank you for listening, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Bye, everybody. everybody. I finally learned this one. <laughs>